Would you turn with me this evening to the book of Galatians? Galatians. And let's continue on in our series that we began, I guess, about a month ago now. On the subject of being redeemed from the curse of the law. How many are believing even stronger than before that you are not cursed, but that you are blessed? And nobody can curse you. Right? How can you curse whom God has blessed? What is the understood answer? Hey, you can't. I mean, for somebody to override the blessing of God and make you cursed in spite of what God has designated to make them bigger and stronger than God, and it just ain't so and never will be. Right? So if God's blessed you, what are you? Blessed. Blessed. And the Bible says in Galatians 3, Galatians 3, verse 9. He said, So then they which be of faith, that's us, are blessed. We're what? Blessed. Blessed with faithful Abraham. Is this word doing anything for you in your spirit? This blessed word. Man, it's getting in me big. Right? Man, I can hear it in you when Phyllis says, how are y'all doing tonight? I mean, the whole church goes, blessed. And you're like, whoa, it's got some punch to it, man. <laughs> you're not just talking. What's happening? Faith comes by hearing. And we're growing in faith that we are blessed. Right? And what if you just believed with all your heart that you're blessed. <laughs> and every day you talked about how blessed you were. And you just expected everything you put your hand to. To prosper and be blessed. What if you're just full of that? You'll see it. It'll come out. It'll come to pass. This is not somebody's theory or opinion. This is the Bible that says. They which be of faith. That's us. Are blessed. With faithful Abraham. I mean, you could preach off of that. Was Abraham blessed? Oh, man. Was he blessed? Well, we're blessed with him. We're just as blessed. Same blessing. Skip down to verse 13. Christ hath, has already, redeemed us from the curse of the law. Boy, we could be happy about that all night long. Everybody said out loud, no more curse for me. I've been redeemed. The anointed one redeemed me from all the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That. Why did he do that? That or in order that. There's that word again. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's us. Through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Man, if we stayed on this the rest of the year, it'd be good. If we just got it. 
I mean established in us to the point where nothing could move us that we are not, will not, cannot be cursed. And we are and always will be blessed. I mean, if you believe that with every fiber of your being, it'll change your life. Well, you wouldn't be believing just what Brother Keith said one Friday night in Branson. What would you be believing? The word of the living God, the New Testament, the accomplished results of redemption. Jesus, who did no sin, who never failed, who deserved no curse, no punishment, became a curse for us. Hung on the tree and became accursed. Why? In doing so, he redeemed us. He bought us back from under the curse. And we deserved it. Prior to that, we did. All of us had sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, what's the wages of sin? Then if you've sinned, you deserve to be punished or cursed. The curse is the punishment. We deserved it. You might say, well, I blew it today, so I guess I got some curse coming. Not if you'll repent. Not if you'll put faith in the blood of Jesus, because when he hung there and became a curse, he became a curse for all of the sins that you have ever done or ever will do. And he bought you back, and he bought me back with his precious blood from the punishment or the curse for every sin or failure that we could ever make. Are you redeemed? Do you now in Christ deserve to be punished or cursed? The answer is no. Why? Because Christ has redeemed me from the curse. How did he do it? He became a curse in my place. Why? Not only. Now, if I was just free from the curse, that would be dandy. Right? If I just got free from the curse, that would be dandy. But it doesn't stop there. In order that the blessing, the blessing that God himself, Jehovah Jireh, pronounced on his covenant friend Abraham. That blessing that extends to the Christ. And since we have faith in him, we have now become the seed of Abraham in Christ Jesus. And now because of Jesus becoming a curse for us, we've been qualified by faith in him For the blessing. Not only are we redeemed from the curse. We've got the blessing. The blessing. Everybody say it again. I'm not cursed. I'm I'm blessed. blessed. Now go back to Deuteronomy 28 please. To learn exactly what we've been redeemed from. We ought to go back. Because it is listed. And numerous things are individually described. As to what we have been redeemed from. And I know from some experience that many people have not really thought about it. They haven't really realized that they were redeemed from these specific things. So they keep putting up with it. And they keep having it in their life. Sometimes decade after decade. There are two main places in the Old Testament where the curse of the law is described. Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. If you want the full story, read both of those chapters carefully. But for time's sake, we'll just go to Deuteronomy 28 tonight 
and pick up where we left off last week. And let's begin in Deuteronomy 28, the first verse. Remind ourselves. Deuteronomy 28, 1. He said, it'll come to pass if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments which I command you this day. Now, let me just stop right here. The way we qualify, the way we do this today is by walking in faith and walking in love. The Bible says, in this you fulfill all the law. Maybe later we'll talk about that. Go to Romans 13 if you're interested sometime and read that. You'll see. We don't, uh, somebody said, you mean we don't keep the Ten Commandments nowadays? Well, specifically, no. You keep the law of love. Did you hear me? We love each other as he loved us. And we believe on the name of his son Jesus. Faith and love. Somebody said, well, what do you mean you don't keep the Ten Commandments? Listen, if I'm loving you like Jesus loved me, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to commit adultery with your spouse. Did you? I'm not going to steal your stuff. I can't do that if I'm walking in that. Let's see. The Bible said love is the fulfilling of the law. Right? So you will do everything that's in the Ten Commandments and, you know, every area in life. You have the commandment. So that's how we fulfill that. By walking in love and walking in faith every day. How many know that's a full-time occupation? That'll keep you occupied all day and all night, right? If you do it, he said, the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. And he went on to say, you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground, fruit of your cattle, increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep, blessed in your basket, blessed in your store, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out, blessed, blessed. Are you hearing a recurring theme? What? Now, why would he say it like this? See, this is, we're supposed to meditate it like this. We're supposed to talk it like, he could have said it any other way that he so chose to, but when he keeps saying, blessed when you go in, blessed when you come out, blessed in your basket, blessed in your store. Why? That's the way you're supposed to meditate on it. You're supposed to talk to yourself that way. Why? It impacts your spirit. It gets in your spirit. Well, I'm just going to say I'm blessed and that's good enough. Well, you think you're smarter than God? (laughs) You better say it the way he said it. Right? Come on, let's back up. Everybody say it out loud with me. Back up to verse 3. Blessed you be in the city. Blessed you be in the field. Blessed the fruit of your ground. Verse 5. Blessed in your basket. Blessed in your store. Blessed when you come in. Blessed when you go out. Blessed. That's me. I get up, I'm blessed. I lay down, I'm blessed. Right? I open the milk jug, I'm blessed. When I put it back in the refrigerator, I'm blessed. Right? When I make the bed, I'm blessed. When I unmake it, I'm blessed. Open the car door, I'm blessed. When I shut it, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Blessed. When I leave the house in the morning, I'm When I come back home at night, I'm blessed. Blessed. When I start a project, I'm blessed. When I finish it, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. When I put my shoes on, when I take them off, do you see how this is supposed to work? You're supposed to think this way. And you're supposed to talk this way. Why? Because there is a whole world full of negative, unbelieving people 
and curse in the earth that tries to convince you you are not. Hmm? Experiences and feelings of symptoms and, and failure and, and lack. Things all around you in the world trying to tell you, oh, no, you're not. No, your stars are out of alignment and you're unlucky and you step forward one step and get knocked back three. And it just, you know, you hear Christians, you know, Christians talking about, well, nobody ever gives me anything. I work for everything I got. Now, do you hear that kind of mentality? What are they saying? Well, nothing ever goes like that for me. I hear them all hooping and hollering down there at that Faith Life Church, but I don't know what. They must live in another world than I do. It's the same planet, but yeah, it's a different world. It's a different, it's a different life. But you can have it too. If you quit believing lies and quit thinking and talking curse. I mean, what's a favorite phrase among uh, people whose mouth is not so sanctified? Damn. We already talked about this. Have you seen how popular these words when we're talking about them? You see, and one thing, it, I mean, I've heard Christians say this, damned if I do, damned. Now see, does that sound familiar? What does that sound like? It sounds like a perversion of this. Doesn't it? Why would the devil want you to have that in your mouth? So you don't have this. He knows if you go around saying, blessed if I do, blessed if I don't. (laughs) Blessed when I leave, blessed when I come in. He knows if you talk like that all the time, you shut the door to him and his work and the door, the floodgates are open for God to move in your life. But see, that's not popular. Man, you got to watch cool. What's cool? I like motorcycles. I enjoy them. But you know, it irritates me. I was looking at one day, I'm, I'm, you know, looking at another one. And, uh, you know, some of the nicest ones, they are uh, hellbound or uh, hellfire or demon this or warlock. I'm like, enough already with the devil names. Why is it? Because it's fast and it's powerful and looks good. It's got to be devilish. And everything's got to be skulls and death and witches and demons. That ain't cool to me at all. I got no desire for any of that. How many know what I'm talking about? But see, why does the world think that is so cool if everything is death? Why? Because they're deceived. Even a lot of Christians. I said they're deceived. Into thinking and talking death and damnation and hell this and fire. I mean, if some of these people are, oh yeah, I'd rather rule in hell than to serve in heaven. If they were dropped in hell for about 15 seconds and then pulled back out when they quit screaming, they'd never say such an ignorant thing again. There ain't nothing cool about hell. And I mean that. Literally in every other way. Right? Well, you and I should have better sense than that. We do not talk damning and hell this and to hell with this and damn this. and that. It's blessing. 
blessing, blessing, and heaven this, and blessed this, and heaven and blessed, and heaven and blessed. Not damn and hell. Right? And when you get renewed in your mind, you won't have to try to break yourself from cussing. You'll just have better sense than to talk like that. Right? Right? Yeah, the answer is right. Okay. So, not cursed, but what? Blessed. 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 That word just impacts you. Can you sense that as we go through this again and again? Man, it's hitting your spirit. And this is not Brother Keith talking to you. Who's this talking to you? It's God telling you, blessed. You're ble- I have blessed you, and you're blessed. The Lord will make you plenteous in goods. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, all that you set your hand to. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. This is a big part, a big part of our witness for Jesus. Did you hear this now? What leads people to repentance? It is the goodness of God. Well, you could say it like this. It must be the manifestation of the goodness of God. Right? Because God is good. And if it was just God being good that turned people to the Lord, well, they ought to be turning right now because he's good and he always has been good. It must be what? A manifestation of the goodness of God. Well, where are they going to see these manifestations? Can you see why the devil has wanted us sick and broke and defeated? Because the last thing he wants the unsaved people to see is how is the blessing of God in our life. Because when they see God just bless us and bless us and pour out the blessing on us and heal us and keep us healed. And I mean we get old and we're still strong in doing good. Come on now. And the money just comes on till it ain't no use. And people go, well, I just think that's enough money for them. And more money comes on us anyhow. And the blessing of God and the blessing. What does that do to people who have heard lies about God? They're around us and they see this. It makes them want the real God. It makes them want the real salvation and truth. And the devil does not want that. All this blessing is supposed to be on our lives to the point where other people see it and go, God is real. And he's good to those that serve him. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Look at there. Look at that bunch. Right? And so people have tried to say, well, now, I don't believe in all that prosperity stuff. I just believe in winning souls. Oh, yeah? And you got a better way to do it than God's way. I do, too. But it's not just about trying to force somebody to pray the sinner's prayer. What do you do after that? See, people are not going to want to be a part of the things of God unless they see the victory, unless they see the blessing. And they see it not just on Sunday in church, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. They see the blessing of God in our lives. They see the victory and deliverance and protection and healing and prosperity of the living God. It's always supposed to have been that way. You and I believe it. So what do we say? We're blessed. Lord, let your blessing be seen on us. Right? Let your blessing be seen. Let your blessing be known. Let it be the living witness of the goodness of God that leads men to repent. Thank you, Lord. 
Now I won't go through it, but we read it and we shouted about it. And then we got down to verse 15. And it said it'll come to pass if you will not hearken, hard-headed, won't listen, disobedient, rebellious to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command you this day, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. Now what is a curse? We talked about it. Anybody remember what's a curse? To be cursed is to be damned. It is to be doomed. It is to be destined or slated for destruction. So cursed. Blessing, by contrast, was what? It's empowered, or you could say anointed, or enabled, or empowered to prosper, to succeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To excel. Glory be to God. Well, here he said, if you disobey, you'll be cursed. All these curses shall come upon you. Now, before we read further, let's remember our text, Galatians 3. What did it say? Christ has redeemed us from what? That's what we're reading right now. So the good news is, everything we read after this, we have already been redeemed from. So we could shout on every one of these verses because it is not for us. <laughs> Verse 16, curse shall you be in the city, but in light of Galatians 3, what do you say? Not. <laughs> not me. Right? I've been redeemed from this. Cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed in the basket, cursed in the store, cursed in the fruit of your body, fruit of your land, increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep, cursed when you come in, cursed when you go out. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? When you disobey God, just as blessed as you would have been to obey God, that's how cursed you'll be when you rebel against God. And how many know the word of God is just as powerful both ways? Right? The Lord tells you, obey me, you'll be blessed. Can you count on it? You will be blessed. What if he says you rebel against me, you'll be cursed. You can count on it. Right? You will be. Verse 20 says, the Lord will send upon you cursing, vexation, and rebuke. And verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence cleave to you. Verse 22, the Lord will smite you. Now, if you weren't with us last week, you might want to get to the tape or CD. Because we went into detail talking about these phrases and how to think about them and how to see them. And I'll just summarize just a little bit. The Bible teaches that God passes judgment, which allows the destroyer access. But this never pleases him. And even if you believed that God was the one that was personally making you sick, which we do not. But even if you believed that, all you got to do is obey. And you don't get this. Right? You get the blessing. But again, all this is the curse of the law. So what's the good news? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now you will notice that called by specific name are all manner of sickness and disease in this chapter. It is not uncommon for people to tell you from all different denominations that tell you you might have sickness and disease that is mentioned on these pages in your life. And people will tell you that it might not be God's will to heal you. Or not yet. 
or that God sent you this to teach you something in your life. But how does that agree? With you being redeemed from the curse of the law. And this is specified on the page as part of the curse of the law. That doesn't work, does it? Well, good news. <laughs> Let's get into the specific areas for a little while tonight on these areas of sickness and disease. Because everyone we see, can we shout about it? Why? Because we've been redeemed from it. In Deuteronomy... We're in the 28th chapter and the 21st verse. I get excited about this. The Lord dealt with me. And in fact, I have some of my notes here from some of my Bible school days. Uh, what I had the privilege of teaching. And uh, I had the opportunity to teach a course called Christ the Healer at Ramah for a number of years. And the summer I was preparing to teach doing everything I knew to get ready and prepare. I had taught in healing school already for years at this time. And uh, the Lord spoke to me. I never forget it. In our house there in Broken Era, I was by myself in the middle of the floor with books spread out and papers spread out. And I was looking and making notes and getting ready for this eight weeks of this course that was coming up in the fall. And I'd be teaching it every term. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, uh, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but very distinctly inside me. He said, people will be healed while you teach these truths in the class. Now see in the class. We were not going to have a laying on of hands time. There was not a prayer time. This is a class. The bell rings. Bing, and you start teaching. And the bell rings. Bing, and they pick up their stuff and go to the next class. But the Bible said he sent his word. And healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. Well I wanted to prove it out. So purposely for the first several classes, I didn't say what the Lord told me. I didn't want to plant any thoughts in their minds about it. I just taught. And you know, so many times there's no fast organ music. There's no music at all. And sometimes I wasn't preaching that fast. I'm just teaching. And I'm talking about different truths in the Word of God, about healing. And at the end of the eight weeks, I said, you know, if you've been healed during the course of this eight weeks from word you've received in here, would you raise your hand? We had sometimes 80, 70, 80, 90, 100 testimonies in one eight-week period, and nobody was prayed for, and there was no anointing of oil. All that's right. And I mean everything to diabetes, to high blood pressure, to cancer, to tumors went away. I mean all kind of stuff. So I purposely, the next class, I'd get a bunch of fresh students come in. I wouldn't tell them either. We'd just teach. And then at the end, I'd ask them, you know, were you healed? And I mean, we saw it and saw it and saw it and saw it. And I asked them, one time I said, uh, what's one of the things that helped you the most in receiving your healing? And it's the truth I'm about to talk to you about right now. It was this one about being redeemed from the curse of the law, the sickness that is part of the curse of the law. We saw amazing testimonies. Hallelujah. So one reason I'm telling you that now is because I want you to get ready and not wait for something else. You can receive a healing in the next few minutes. Did you hear me? Without anybody touching you, all that's right, or praying for you, or anything. There didn't have to be any big fanfare, anything. All you got to do is just believe this word. Because there's more than enough power in this word to heal you. We had morning sessions in healing school. 
that was smaller groups, and then we had bigger sessions in the afternoon. And the smaller sessions, sometimes we had opened it up and people could ask questions, even in the middle of our teaching and everything. And I remember one time I was teaching this group of about maybe 20 in this small morning session. And uh, I'm teaching about healing. And this lady that was on the second row sitting right about here. And in the middle of my teaching, she interrupted me. She raised her hand like that. And I said, yeah. And she said, uh, are you saying that I just believe I, I take my healing and I got it? I said, yeah, that's what the word says. Whatever it is you desire, believe you receive it. means believe you take it. And when you do that, you believe you got it. And just thank God for it. She said, that's it. I said, that's it. She said, okay. <laughs> so I went on teaching. I mean, this is maybe, maybe 45 minutes later. Well, me teaching might have been an hour, you know. <laughs> later, she comes up and she said, look. I said, what? She said, I hadn't been able to use that hand for two years. I had a stroke. It was paralyzed. She said, look at these notes. I took all these notes with that hand and I wrote today. Just like that. Just believed that she received based on the word. That works for anybody, anywhere, anytime. So something in here relates to you and God quickens to you. What do you say? That's mine. That's mine. I take that now. That's for me. That's mine. I'm redeemed from this. And don't have to have it anymore. Verse 21, are you there? Verse 21. Part of the curse of the law, if you disobey, you rebel. You said, the Lord will make the pestilence cleave to you till you've consumed you from off the land where you go to possess it. Pestilence is part of the curse of the law. Well, what is pestilence? Well, I happen to have in my notes here a number of different translations that bring out some of these words. So let me read them to you. Pestilence, one translation says, plagued with diseases. Another, two translations says, infected with plagues. One says plagues. Another, two more say, disease after disease. You know what a plague is? You know, people have been concerned with terrorist threats, haven't they? About some kind of plague that could be initiated through some kind of chemical or through some kind of, you know, and people have been, you know, millions have been killed on the planet at different times and hundreds of thousands at other times by certain strains of flu or, you know, all manner of things, pox and this kind of thing. All these are plagues. What's the good news? Use the word I. I, I've been redeemed from plagues. Now, how can you be so sure? Because according to Deuteronomy 28, 21, plagues and pestilence are part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I never have to have plagues or pestilence of any kind. Offend, do you know the weight of what we're talking about? Heaven accepts this as accomplished truth and fact. Don't let anything else move you. Are you redeemed from plagues? Yeah. Skip down to verse 22. Verse 22. It said, the Lord will smite you with a consumption. 
consumption, three different translations call it tuberculosis. Another three translations call it wasting disease. Good news calls it infectious disease. Well, tuberculosis is infectious disease. How many know there have been times on the planet that tuberculosis killed untold numbers of people? And there have been concerns, even in recent times, about modern outbreaks of different types of uh, tuberculosis and, and different types of pneumonia that are resistant to the medications, this kind of thing. But no matter what happens in the area of tuberculosis, use that first word, that what? I, I have been redeemed from tuberculosis. Why? How can you say that so boldly? Because according to Deuteronomy 28, 20. Now, how many know why we're talking like this? If you were with us last week, we talked about the high court of heaven. Remember that? We talked about how the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, is always trying to make a case against you. What are we doing here now? (laughs) There ain't no getting around this. I'm not standing up here tonight talking about what we think or what some denomination said. According to Deuteronomy 28, 22. How many know that is unchallenged for eternity? Right? Nobody can override that. Consumption or tuberculosis or infectious disease is part of the curse of the law. No questioning that. According to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So I never have to have tuberculosis or consumption or wasting diseases. Never, 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 never. I'm redeemed from it. Don't have to have it. Not supposed to have it. Shouldn't have it. Right? Because I'm redeemed from it. (laughs) Oh, glory. Healing power is already working in this place tonight. It's from the Word. Keep going. And with a fever. Fever. Another translation just says recurrent fever. Well, how many have been killed, you know, or health broken down through different kinds of fevers? And it says with an inflammation and with an extreme burning. Now, these are all sickness and disease. Listen to other translations. For inflammation, three different translations, well-respected, say ague, or in parenthesis it describes it, Malarial fever. Well, it said fever. And these are deadly fevers, so things like malarial fever. Moffitt's, Byington, Knox, all said ague or malarial fever. The Septuagint, the Dewey translation said cold. Well, you see fevers associated with colds, don't you? How many understand if the full-blown thing that will kill you is bad and a part of the curse? About half of it is bad, too. And the beginning stages of it's the same stuff, right? I mean, it's just different degrees of it. It's all part of the curse of the law. Inflammation, another translation said infections. Extreme burning, three of them said violent, fiery heat. Now, this has to do with extreme high temperatures, fevers. Moffat says, erysipelas caused by streptococcus. Strep throat. 
Did you know you've been redeemed from strep throat? Listen to Byington's translation says influenza. Influenza. Oh, come on now. Is it true that according to Deuteronomy 28, 22, strep throat, malarial fever, influenza, colds, all these things are part of the curse of the law? Well, you know, he's talking about something. What does he mean when he says extreme burning fever? Now, what's that talking about? See, these like... uh, Byington and Septuagint. These are people who spent all their life studying the original languages. And this is what they say. Well, it has to be in these areas. I mean, you wouldn't have to know Greek or Hebrew or any of these things. You see a fever, you know fever, right? Flus, fevers, pneumonia, all this kind of stuff, right? According to Deuteronomy 28, 22, that's part of the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3, 13... I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, therefore, I never have to have the flu, fevers, right? Colds. You see, a lot of people say, oh, now, Brother Keith, that's just too much. I didn't write this. Now, of course, do we have to qualify? How? Walking in love, walking in faith. All the time, right? And believing this. Something shows up in your life or in the life of your kids or grandkids or family. The flu, fevers. You're supposed to jump on it with both feet spiritually. Go, no, uh-uh, no, you don't. Not in my family. No, you don't. Because according to Deuteronomy 28, that's part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But see, how many millions of Christians, good Christians... Don't do this. They go, well, Lord, if it's your will, spare my baby from this terrible fever, but not my will, but yours be done. No, no, that may be sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. The Bible said, resist the devil. And these are the works of the enemy. They're not to be embraced and accepted as your cross to bear. Now, if you weren't with us, we went into that one whole night, talked about punishment or persecution. Right? We've been through some of this already, if it sounds new to you. So, we've been redeemed from the ague and the cold and the fever and the tuberculosis and infectious diseases and plagues and strep throat and the influenza. Hallelujah. (laughs) Whoo. I like it. Now keep reading. And with the sword and with blasting and with mildew. Mildew. Now somebody said, glory to God, I'll never have to clean that tub again. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. That's more under the curse of the fall. And we still going to have some thorns and thistles and stuff like that. But listen. Now this will open up some things to you. Listen to Fenton's translation of mildew. says jaundice. Jaundice. Like yellow jaundice. Like people that have tremendous internal problems, liver problems, 
kidney problems, all that kind of thing. Later stages of cancer and that kind of thing you'll see. And Septuagint, which is a highly respected Greek translation, backs it up and says paleness. Jaundice and paleness. Do you ever have to have any kind of jaundice? How about your babies? Do they have to have it? No. No. Someone says, well, that's normal. You know, X amount of babies out of, you know, 5 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 or 3 out of 10. Well, what if it is 5 out of 10? That means 5 out of 10 don't get it. Right? Somebody's got to be them 5. Right? (laughs) According to Deuteronomy 28, 22. Jaundice is part of the curse of the law. Paleness. Things associated with this. According to Galatians 3.13, we've been, I've been, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, we never have to have this. Now skip down to verse 27. There's a lot of this in here. A lot of this. The reason I'm doing it because you know if you read the word very much, if you just read over it and you get familiar with it and you look at the old English words, some of these words and these descriptors have not been used for hundreds of years. So in our modern vernacular, it just doesn't register with us. So we need to look them up and see what they mean because it's good news to us. Every one of these we've been redeemed from. Don't have to have. Now listen to 27. The Lord will smite you with the botch of Egypt. The botch, that's a perfect example of what I just said. Now, when you hear botch of Egypt, what do you think? You don't know what to think, except you're sure you don't want any. Right? (laughs) If somebody came up with a big old syringe full of green bubbly stuff and said, here's some botch of Egypt. Would you like some? You would say, get away. No, no way. Right? What is the botch of Egypt? Well, people who've studied these things all their life, they bring out some things. Rotherham says burning sores. Sores. And of course, if you go back and read some of the plagues that came on Egypt, you'll see some of this. Sores. Knox and Smith say Egyptian scab and sores. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six translations say the boil of Egypt. Leeser says inflammatory disease. Inflammatory. And Young and Fenton and Dewey say ulcer. Ulcer. Well, what is an ulcer? It's a sore. Right? Did you know? That you've been redeemed from sores. Oh, come on now. If you believe it, man, it, it just gets down in your spirit. It makes you happy. You think, glory to God, my sores days are over. There's no question this means sores. Sores, boils, sores, inflamed, infected. Right? Why do they get inflamed? See? And see, that you back up and where does all that fever and extreme burning and all that stuff come from? It's all connected. Fever and inflammation and infection and sores and ulcers. None of these are a blessing. There's no such thing as a blessed sore. 
yeah, I got a big old open sore. What a blessing it is. And so many things fall under this category. Whether they're on the surface of your skin or whether they're inside an intestinal tract. Right? It's a sore. It's a boil. And according to Deuteronomy 28, 27, boils and sores are part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I never have to have boils and sores. That is undisputed. We're just quoting Bible. Right? Undisputed. Accepted in heaven forever. So, thank God no more botch of Egypt. No more sores and ulcers. Now, the next one's not much better. It says, and the emirods. Emirods. That doesn't sound good. Emirods. Well, listen, if this word sounds familiar to you. Rotherham, Leeser, and another one says hemorrhoids. That does sound similar, doesn't it? Emirod, hemorrhoid. Well, it does. You can see it. And listen to other translations because it, see, these two go together. Three translations repeat the idea of ulcers for this word emirates. Now listen to this. The New American, the New English, the Berkeley, the Beck, the NIV, the Moffat, and the Fenton translated tumors. Tumors. Mm. Tumors. And the other translations, you know, bring it to the connection with that word emerald by saying swellings in the groin. The good news says sores and the new world says piles. Thank God. (laughs) We've been redeemed (laughs) from sores and piles. And swellings in the groin, and hemorrhoids, and ulcers, and tumors. Man, this is good news. Do you have to have any of this? Could it be the will of God for you to have this or keep this for any duration of your life? How could it be and it be a direct contradiction to the Word of God? How could it be? But do we not have preachers of all different types trying to tell us that it might be the will of God? How can it be? Say it out loud. According to Deuteronomy 28, 27, I'll read it for you. Emirates, hemorrhoids, ulcers, tumors, swellings in the groin, sores, and piles are part of the curse of the law. Tell me good news. According to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Woo! 
so I never have to have tumors, piles, right? Hemorrhoids, etc., etc. Don't have to have it. It's part of the curse. Specifically, part of the curse of the law. And specifically, Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. There's no misunderstanding here. There's no confusion. There's no error here. We're quoting scripture. Right? Now what you'll see is people who don't experience this. They have some of these things. Did you hear me? They have some of these problems and sometimes have them year after year or decade after decade. And instead of believing God to bring their life up to match this. They insist on trying to water this down to match where they are. Did you hear me now? They insist on trying to explain it away, water it down, adjust it to them. Well, friend, your or my life, either one, does not pronounce the automatic perfect will of God for all mankind. Right? Just by looking at you or looking at me, nobody should just assume, well, they are the perfect will of God and we could never have anything more than they have. That's it. No, this is the will of God revealed no matter what you experience or don't experience or anybody you know has or has not experienced. This is the will of God. And if you don't see it, you're not experiencing it, your body, your life doesn't match this, what do you do? You revere the word of God. You say, Lord, I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care how long it's been this way. I don't care how impossible they say it is for it to change or for me to get free from this. I know your word is more powerful. And you said this is part of the curse of the law. And Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. So I'm holding to this until my body matches it. You fight the good fight of faith. Right? You keep on saying it. You keep on decreeing it. And you keep on expecting it. And God's faithful. Nobody ever trusted in him and was disappointed. Okay, what else we've been redeemed from? Verse 27, what else we've been redeemed from? The scab. That does not sound good at all. The scab. The ASV, the RSV, the Berkeley, the Moffat, the Smith, the Amplified say scurvy. Scurvy. Anybody know what scurvy is? Deficiencies. Being anemic in different ways. And he goes on to say, listen to the NAB in the New World, eczema. Eczema. Now listen to this. NIV says festering sores. And this would have to do with skin. Because you see the category that it's in scab. That's why they just use the word scab. Septuagint, which is very highly respected. Greek translation says malignant scab. What would that be? Skin cancer. Malignant scab. Listen, let me read them again now. Scurvy. Eczema. Well, what's eczema? Skin condition, right? Problems in the skin. Dryness and irritation and, well, you know, itch. Which actually, what's the next word? The itch. (laughs) 
You see, this all goes together. And Beck says, incurable itch. So this is not just you had an itch and you scratched it and that's it. Right? You got an itch you can't fix. New World Translation says, skin eruptions. Can you see what kind of stuff that we're seeing here? Basic English says, other sorts of skin disease. Skin eruptions. Itch. Scab, malignant scab, eczema, sores. This would include cancerous conditions of the skin. How many know what else this would include? When you hear the word itch. How about all kinds of allergies that cause irritation and itching, right? And skin eruptions. That's as plain as you can say it. Eruptions of the skin. And that could even turn into something malignant. Or eczema. Or festering sores. How many understand this would cover all kinds of inflammatory skin conditions? And all manner of allergies would fall under this. You know where people are, they get around something or they eat something or... Get something in their system and they break out and they got hives and then these things turn into sores and boils and eruptions. The very word was used right here. Tell me the good news about this. (laughs) According to Deuteronomy 28, 27, let me read it for you. The scab and the itch. And the skin eruptions and malignant scab and festering sores and eczema and scurvy and other sorts of skin disease are part of the curse of the law. Well, I didn't read. Well, let's see. Yeah, before we finish with this, skip down to verse 35 because it goes right with this. All these are covered. Verse 35, the Lord will smite you if you're disobedient in the knees and in the legs. Now let's just stop right here. Knee problems and leg problems. And it goes on to say, with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. Other translations say, Knees and legs and foot to head that cannot be healed. Boils, grievous, malignant, evil, incurable, painful, foul, scab, past all remedy, ulcers, bad, and very sore. Any kind of skin eruption, inflammation, sores, eruptions and outbreaks, all these things are part of the curse of the law. Why should you have them? Could it ever be the will of God for you to have them for any period of time? How could it be? Is God going to put this on you, as people say, and you're scratching and itching and got hives and boils, and you go, please heal me, Lord. And the Lord said, well, no, it's not my will. I know Jesus redeemed you from it. But I'm particularly teaching you a lesson. With That can't be. That cannot be. If Christ has redeemed you from it, then... You are redeemed from it, ought not have it. Right? Said out loud, boils, eruptions, sores, the itch, the scab, 
is part of Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 28, 28, 27, 27, the curse of the law. law. According to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed redeemed. from the curse of the law. law. Christ has redeemed me. me. Therefore, Therefore, I never never have to have have eruptions, eruptions. the itch. Boils, sores. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be content to be saddled with allergies and allergic reactions and problems. I know in healing school, I saw this, I don't know how many times. I know one particular one guy came, stayed with us, I think, three weeks. He had what was considered it could turn into a life-threatening uh, situation of an allergy or allergic to shellfish. If he eats shellfish like a lobster or something, man, I mean, he'd his throat and his uh, airways would close up, and I mean, he'd get where he couldn't breathe and break out and all this stuff, you know. And he could be that way for weeks. Well, he'd just learned over the years you don't eat that, you don't eat that stuff. But he'd come to healing school and just camped out. And just hollered for three weeks about how he was blessed and redeemed from the curse. And he particularly got a hold of some of these things. The fourth week I saw him, he come in. He was smiling. He had a big old grin on his face. He said, guess what, Brother Keith? I said, what? He said, I had me the biggest lobster for lunch you ever seen. He said, and I feel wonderful. He said, I'm redeemed from the curse of the, I'm redeemed from allergies. I said, well, I believe I'll try that. Faith doesn't try. Faith does. And so this was real to him after almost a month of immersing himself in the word night and day. It became real to him. And he got free. I've seen people that came to healing school with gloves and masks on. I mean, almost in, you know, complete, you know, suits covered up, you know, allergic to the air. I've seen people allergic to people. Now that is tough. Allergic to the air, allergic to people. And, you know, one thing that you have to, one of the challenges I've seen in helping people get past some of these things is people actually are proud of their allergies. So what do you mean, Brother Key? Oh, they are. They believe it makes them unique. And I have such a fine system that I just can't handle perfume. I can't handle Uh, anything that bothers me because I am such a refined human being that my systems are on such a high level they can't tolerate these impurities. (laughs) You're living in a curse and you could be redeemed. But see, people sometimes for scores have run around and said, oh, no, no, I can't take that. No, no, I can't be around that. No, no, you got to get that out of here. No, I can't take that. No, I can't eat that. No, I can't smell that. No, I can't be around that. No, no, I can't. I can't. You say that for years, that's going to be a stronghold in your life. Did you hear me? Which means you absolutely do not believe this. You don't believe this at all. So what do you got to begin to do? Get your mind renewed, right? Don't be conformed to what you've seen and heard in this world. Get your mind renewed with the Word of God so you begin to say this and think it and hear it and say it and think it and hear it and say it. And you may not see everything change just in a day or two, and yet you can't. Two, 
But you stay with it and you will see it change. No matter how long it's been that way. Like I said, this guy was that way for years. Had a person come in one time who was allergic to cats. Man, I mean, you know, some, a cat just come in the back room of her house. And she's messed up for a month. Well, you don't have to like cats if you don't want to. But you shouldn't be that way. Right? You should be redeemed. Right? If you want to be around cats, you can. If you don't, you don't. But you shouldn't be laid up in the hospital. Now, let me tell you something I learned. This must have been nearly 20 years ago. Without realizing it, I had said some things that had set words against me. I had some bad experiences with cigarette smoke. And uh, back then, when you flew, especially flew overseas, you're liable to be in a cloud of smoke for all day. And we were doing that. And... uh, I began to say without thinking. I should have known better. But I said, man, I can't take cigarette smoke. And see, the problem is, I've been developing my words at this point already for years. So when I say something, (laughs) it carries more weight in my life than it used to. And so I'm going around saying, man, I can't take cigarette smoke. No, I can't. Ooh, I can't take it. It bothers me. It choked. Well, I didn't realize it, but year after year. A thing was happening in my life. And man, back then, people smoked everywhere in the uh, airports, waiting areas and all that kind of stuff, everywhere. And then I got on the back of this airplane going overseas and sat in a cloud of smoke for hours. And man, when I got off, I couldn't talk. I couldn't hardly breathe. I mean, it was messing with me. And so I'm believing for healing now. I'm supposed to preach in a few hours. And I said, Lord... How mercy on me and heal me. He said, you need to be talking to yourself. <laughs> I said, what? He said, and he brought it to me. I heard myself saying, I can't take cigarette smoke. I thought, oh, God. <laughs> I know better than that. I know. See, what am I saying? I am decreeing this in my life. I know better. I can't take. So I said, ah, oh, no, uh-uh. <laughs> Forget that. Cigarette smoke does not bother me. I don't have to like it, but it doesn't bother me. It don't bother me anymore than it bother anybody else. It doesn't bother me. I begin to say it. I begin to say it. And today, it's that way. But you see, the Bible said you are snared with the words of your own mouth. So, if there's an area where you have had problems before, you need to quit saying, my allergy to this or that. I have an allergy. I can't eat this. I can't wear that. I can't be around this. And you need to examine your heart because, see, people sometimes, that has become a part of the fabric of their identity. This is who I am. I can't take this and I can't have this. Get your words under control. And instead of saying that, what do you say? According to Deuteronomy 28. 27 and 35, all these things are part of the curse of the law, and I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Are you glad you've been redeemed from all this stuff, from the curse of the law? Glory to God. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you glory that you have already redeemed us from all the curse of the law. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.